Welcome to episode 48 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me and X-Men, the animated series weekly recap podcast. I'm JC, and I'm trying to hold back a burp during this introduction, <laughs> and I think I'm going to be successful. Oh, yeah, you popped out booze. And I'm Rod. <laughs> we have had a heck of a couple weeks trying to record this. Stuff. Seriously. We have to record one more before Christmas. One more session before Christmas. That sounds fine. Yeah. That's fine. We'll have Thanksgiving in between, so we'll be able to, like, eat too many carbs and butter. That'll be fine. Um, Big fan. <laughs> And I'm Rod. I don't know what to plug anymore. I don't know what social medias are going to be around. Look at my music. Just look me up on the internet. Whatever's around next week. I'm Hopefully by now I've figured out Mastodon. I don't know. You definitely haven't figured out Mastodon. This is like four weeks in advance of when it's going to be published. You are not going to figure out Mastodon. If I am, look for me. I don't even know if that's a thing on there. I opened up the app and was very confused. So He just started crying. It was really <laughs> awkward, guys. <laughs> Actually, I tweeted the screenshot. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Anyway, Cyclops is Waiting for Me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men the animated series in their original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97 coming in Disney Plus in 2023. Some quick reminders. We are a recap show about a series that started over 30 years ago. We will be giving spoilers about this episode. I saved that. <laughs> if you don't want it spoiled for you, please pause the podcast, watch the episodes. They're in order on Disney Plus and come back and we will do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't covered yet. We are not sponsored by or affiliated with Disney or Disney Plus in any way. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, maybe Facebook and probably course, not. <laughs> sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services. Finally, we record these episodes in batches right now. So if you can't tell yeah. by the in fucking sound in our voice. <laughs> like Every two to four episodes, it's like, they sound tired. We'll be a few weeks behind on news. There's no news right now. But go watch Wakanda forever. It's exciting. And X-Men fans will have a nice, nice little thing in there for you. Now, onto the show. We're going to be talking about Season 4, Episode 9, titled Proteus, Part 1. It aired on September 30th of 1995. It currently sits at a 7.5 star rating on IMDb. I believe part one and part two have a matching rating in this one. Okay, finally, some continuity there. Yeah. I like this episode. I, I remember this. Solid review. Yeah. All right, we're done. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> box quote. I like this episode. Do I, I, people even know what box quotes are anymore? Is that the, oh, the back of the box? Right? Or the front of the box. Front, if oh, it's that's good, right. Yeah. It's, if like a well-known person like if it's a Siskel and Ebert it's in big letters ball stopping action right or if it's like you paid 30 bucks to a local newspaper then it's like in tiny print but the quote is in gigantic print actually people still do that online don't they I don't know we have a mutual acquaintance that has been overblowing their presence on something and so, oh. and so they'll have a big headline like massive blah 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 and then in super tiny print it's some newspaper with 10 subscribers or something did you just verbally subtweet Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like all of us know that guy. So yep. whatever it is, just fill in the person in your life. Re remember back when we were all kids and somebody said they were Hulk Hogan's nephew, but they never had a picture with their uncle? Yeah. That's what you're describing. To me, it was the kid who claimed that there was a nude code for Mortal Kombat. Not even like <laughs> the nude code for Tomb Raider. They went for Mortal Kombat. I was the, This is before Tomb Raider. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But also, do you really want to see like a nude Baraka? This doesn't age well, but we were no. we were all thinking of Sonya. No shit, right? Because <laughs> it was the very first game. This is how far back this goes. This was before Mortal Kombat 2 was even like a twinkle in anyone's eye. The irony of all of it is those were real human beings who were shot for the game yep. and then inserted into... That's weird. Although they did listen to their audience because Mortal Kombat 2 is where we introduced... Or we. I know it had nothing to do with it. We. Where they introduced the Bikini Ninjas. 
and hence began a long, sordid, problematic history within one of my favorite franchises. <laughs> so the episode kicks off, yeah. and we know we're in Scotland because of the music cue. My first note, bagpipes beat Scotland. Have you talked to Ron about the Scottish music yet? No. I should. You should. I'm curious which bagpipe he played. Oh, yeah. It's all keyboard. <laughs> to a little bit of disclosure, not only Ron co-wrote the theme song of this podcast with me and stuff, we've gotten to work together on several projects since and things, and that he's a... We were. I, I was doing this separately from him t- already, but he made me feel so vindicated in what my whole process of music making was. Like most of his stuff is what we call inbox, where it's like that super realistic orchestra and le- electric guitar on the Power Rangers theme song, or not Power Rangers, like on X Men theme song, the show that we're on. Oh, no, that was all computer program stuff. But that guitar wasn't even like a real guitar and stuff, except for the weird remix that he didn't know about until a month ago. <laughs> also. You need to show him the intro to the Japanese version of the show, which we recently it. shared. And that thing is yeah. a goddamn trip. Yeah, I think he's seen that. Because a lot of people have shown it to him. And yeah. There's a, lot, there's, like, there's a little bit of, not competition for him, but like a lot of people try to pit his song versus that one. The funny thing different. for me, and we and to, to date when we, it was like four weeks before this episode is going to go on our feed, we, mm-hmm. we shared the, a post that somebody did where they were showing that original Japanese theme. I can't imagine looking at that amazing ass animation mm-hmm. of that theme in like intro in Japan and then getting the regular yeah. animation. It's like, oh, this is a very different studio. <laughs> yeah. I never looked into the history and I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I just haven't looked for it about like why that was. If it was because there was English words in the intro. I'm sure that's not the case though because there's so many English things in like international shows, but what the, if they just test marketed even, it? Even it even if you just kept the music, like the, just the, the dramatic change of the visual itself, the animation quality is totally different yeah. for that intro versus the show yeah. itself. Well, well, that's what I mean though, like with the if the intro, because they had Gambit and Storm and stuff on print on screen or whatever and stuff, right. and they had to change it, I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Um, but yeah, starts off, we know we're in the lab and we see a random uniform person on a table. Is that Morph? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out, but there's like a thing on their head. Uh-huh. So I don't think it's an unreasonable assumption to think it's Morph, but it doesn't play out from a timeline perspective to be Morph. Why is that? Because Morph has already left Muir Island at this so point. I-, I took that as like, oh, they're hinting at that he went back when he left the last thing Maybe. To, to get more help because he was like, I'm not ready. So the end of that was maybe the only place, unless he pops up in another episode, and then this probably wasn't him. Yeah, I don't know. But it's definitely an X episode or an yeah. X uniform. We start going like through the floors into the basement. There's a laser fence, and there's a sign that says no admittance mutant X, which is actually a reference to the original time where this character appeared in the comic books. Oh, okay. Yep. So we see an experiment is going on behind this closed door, and a green laser is shooting the character we will know to become Proteus. When we did our Heroclix unboxing, we opened two Proteus figures. Oh, that's right, yeah. One of them being this orange color, and then the other one being the green version, which matched the laser. Nowhere in this episode do we see the green Proteus. We only see people's eyes turn green from when he get possesses them. Yeah. So I don't know why there's a green Proteus. It's just a color variant thing. Yeah. I collected, or not collected, I got two of the Shang-Chi like blind box things. And yes. They, they contain the little Morrises. Mm-hmm. So I have like a neon yellow one for some reason. And oh, that's because one. of Funko, sir. That's why. Okay. There yeah. you go. So. <laughs> yeah. But essentially Moira and Banshee are there and they're trying to help 
this mutant control his powers because you, you wouldn't know unless you heard the dialogue because it looks like they're torturing him. Yeah, because he's screaming because <laughs> it hurts. Yeah, my, um, my note here was like this has boomer vibes. It's helping you, son. Just grin and bear it. Yeah, trickle down economics. Oh, you're just going. <laughs> this is gonna be when we get to some later shit in this episode. Rod is gonna go, and then there's a note that I can't read, so we're gonna skip right by that. But at the time, he starts to transform a little bit back into being human form. Okay. Is your note that his name was Kevin? Nope. His name is Kevin. They, his name they, is Kevin. They did say that at that point. Right. Starts to transform into human form. Shit doesn't work out. And he ends up having like a surge of power. And that surge of power starts to break through the walls. There's something in the wall that is helping contain him, seemingly. But unfortunately, at that time, retransform. He refuses to go back into that room. He doesn't want to start the treatment again. It hurts. It sucks. And he just wants to see outside. Later on, Moira makes the reference that like Proteus doesn't have a lot of outside world experience. This case makes me believe that Moira doesn't have a lot of outside experience either. (laughs) Because please elaborate. I'm curious on that one. Has she never tried to ground a teenager before? I'm not even a parent, and I know go back to your room's not going to work out, let alone an all-powerful mutant teenager. Go back to your room. He's like, no. <laughs> How about now? Like, Moira, you're, have you not seen teenagers? <laughs> to be fair, I don't think she has. Yeah, I know. So no. it's like, okay, so she says that he doesn't experience. Now we got to question hers. Yeah, so Banshee tries to, to fight. It does not go well for poor Sean. Proteus just absorbs himself into Banshee. That has to be horrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Moira is still able to reason with him and says, you need to come out. You need to get out of Banshee because you're going to hurt him. This is another little tidbit for your friend Joe Russo. This could also be akin to get out. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. So he pops out and then we kind of notice the reality of the room starts warping and spinning then we get a powerpoint transition is there's no other way to describe it i said the same thing it's like holy powerpoint transition (laughs) where the reality warping happens and then literally the shot of the screen spins yeah yeah into the center like zooms out yeah i love it and that goes back to the mansion everybody's in what we have dubbed the war room because We think that's the official name. And there's an alert coming in on comms. Signal seems very scrambled. And it's Moira asking for help. Rogue was like, what's wrong with her? She looks like she's seen a ghost. And then Wolverine is like, not exactly the brightest crayon. Looks like we're going to go stab some ghosts, essentially. That's not the flex you think it is, dude. (laughs) And Xavier gets pretty pissed on it, too. He's like, I've known her for 20 years. I've never heard her like that. Yeah. I don't, I think this is around where it is. I don't think exactly. Once again, I remind everyone, I listen with, I watch shows with captions on. Yeah. Because I can't hear without seeing for some reason. <laughs> and I know this was a typo, but in my head canon, they captured it this way because Moira is almost offensively Scottish. And that, that I would say that's close to accurate. Yeah. So she, there's one point she says, Charles, I will care for you, but I'm not even going to try to say the, say it in her accent. But the way she says it, they said for you, they mashed it together with extra R. And I took a screen cap. So <laughs> for you. <laughs> Stop making fun of people's accents, Rod. I just love that they captioned it that way. We'll post that on Instagram or something. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. We have to make up for all the toy posts from the previous weeks. God, Rod. So we have at that point, after Xavier says, I've known her for 20 years, never heard her like that. We have a flashback. So it goes back to Charles, who's in fatigues, not necessarily fatigues, but military uniform. Yeah. And he proposes, Moira says yes. We have a little bit of a fast forward and Xavier is in a tent in the war. He's very close to like mortars dropping. I just yeah. want to point that out. He's not very far from and where the combat is actually and hitting. He's injured. 
Yeah. He has like his arm injury. Yeah. So the best time to get the letter from your fiance that has the ring in it and it's, oh yeah, I'm in love with somebody else and we're getting married by the time you see this. It's just so cold. And let me see the screenshot. I want to see if that was like in that shot. Oh, what was it? It's a good way to check, Rod. I can't tell. It's so close. I'll always care for you. That's probably where it was. That if that's the edge of the bed and that's his leg, then yes. Oh my God. So, Master detectives. So it's funny. When I was a kid, I remember seeing this in like movies, it was a trope in movies and TV shows and stuff. When I fast forward to, I want to say my late 20s, this happened a not zero amount of times to my friends who went in the military. They got, I guess it wasn't necessarily a letter. It was like a Skype call. This is not, not this is like early 2000s or whatever. Yeah. You got like a Skype call or something and stuff. Like I have one specific friend in mind where. He got either an email or I think it was an email actually. It wasn't even yeah. a Skype call. That his fiance or his wife is leaving him for his best friend. And then they and this was after he had already caught her when he came home early from deployment once. That's and a healthy so, relationship. Yeah, but it's just wild because there's something in that thing of like sending your partner away or your partner being away for X amount of time or whatever and stuff. It's just it's it's weird. And it's like horrific, but also it happens. It's just horrible i don't think i didn't think i would be grown up to be an adult to like know that this situation happens for real yeah it was wild i mean there was always that one video that was floating around for a while where it was guy comes back from deployment he'd been gone for two years and they have like a 10 month old kid it's like this math does not work out in your favor sir immaculate conception yeah guys just we're blessed guy guy failed biology let's just hope that's the case Um, we also continue through this flashback of seeing xavier having his interactions with amelia who was in the asteroid m episodes where mm -hmm. they start to fall in love you then get moira very quickly having a divorce paper signed off and carriage with the baby that confused me because i couldn't lost track of that that was amelia or moira so Interesting thing here, because this is based off of a few specific issues of the Uncanny X-Men comic. She was forced into the relationship in the comics, actually. With Joe? Yes. Oh, wow. It was not a consenting relationship. Okay, so that's terrible, but also that tracks more. That makes the story makes more sense. When she got divorced and left Joe, she did not let Joe know that she was pregnant. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's in, in the comics. In the comics. Okay. So it is a absentee father scenario as opposed to father who left scenario. It's funny. I was mentioning to John before recording. I get Proteus and Legion mixed up a lot. Yeah. Not for very long. It's always a catch in the minutes thing because yeah. basically maybe it's because like Moira, Xavier, kids. Whatever. Yeah. Power set. We then go to that montage that we've seen in a few episodes of the OG X-Men training, which shows Beast, Iceman, Angel, Jean, and Scott all in their original outfits. We see the breakup between Amelia and Xavier. We see the flashback to the Phoenix episodes of Xavier arriving at Mirror Island and has the awkward, hi, great to see you. This is my fiance. Like, that she never thought to mention yeah. to him before he flew there. I was so lost for a second because I didn't realize that they had st- they were still in the flashback. It did take a, a half second. Take a second yeah. because only, I think mainly because they were already set up. This whole thing was on the way to Muir Island. So right. when they arrived, my head is like, okay, he arrived. Doesn't he Matt Banshee? Oh, this is still a flashback. Right. Okay. <laughs> the only true tip off, aside from having seen the footage before, was the fact that he was in the mini jet as opposed to the black That's true, yeah. But that was actually like, oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Cool. And then you see the scene of Moira and Sean talking on the cliff, asking about, you know, does he still have feelings for you? And Moira 
doesn't think that he does and she just thinks that he doesn't have a lot of friends which i think is actually more depressing yeah (laughs) he has students he doesn't have friends he's yeah because he he just devoted his whole life to everything god that's but also like we've learned so much about xavier's romantic life yeah xavier fox we saw the footage he was a stud man yeah (laughs) and he still kind of is he's very chiseled in the show yeah (laughs) he gets with a hot alien lady in his mind (laughs) so back to present time they arrive at the island. So you have Wolverine, Beast, Rogue, and Xavier. They see the security tape. They see that he was getting sonic therapy. That's what that word was, Rod. Um, oh, that, yep. was a, yeah. that was one of those words I couldn't read. And Rogue is asking what's wrong with the camera because they haven't seen the security footage on this yet. They've only seen the distress call. Yeah. And Rogue is, did somebody break your camera? Yeah. Wait, it's funny because for any kids listening out there, I think this kind of dates it subtly because the way video used to just store it in the VHS days was it would do that thing. It would get like really wavy and curvy and the colors would separate. Now it's more pixely and glitchy. Yeah, yeah you get artifacting now, whereas yeah. in back of the day, we would have to literally adjust tracking on classic VHSs. Yeah. Oh, God. Or if you're trying to watch Pride of the X-Men. Yeah, that channel that was always fuzzy on TV after hours. <laughs> We had to fill in the blanks with a lot of our imagination. So Moira lets Rogue know that it isn't the camera and he's actually changing the physical world, but it is based on proximity. Mm -hmm. So him being there is a big factor in it. He can't just permanently change something, leave and like leave the destruction in its wake. It will reform itself into its original form. Then Moira's like, but it doesn't help you if you get hurt in the middle of all that. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. If your your body gets cut in half because he threw a building at you, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Or it, it, his power set was kind of vague. And I was like, yeah, what if he phases you through something and then leaves halfway through a wall or something? I think it's the Kitty Pride scenario yeah. of you're screwed. Yeah. If he turns like a brick into jelly and it starts wrapping around you and then re-solidifies where you're there, you just now are impaled. Also, on top of everything, he's a telepath. Sure. Why not? Yeah. And it's, oh, this is a crazy strong mutant because it has the ability to both mess with you from a mental perspective, but also physically destroy you if yeah. it wants. In reality. Yeah. And, everything. and Wolverine is like trying to be macho about it. He's like, ah, we can take a kid. Yeah. So Xavier sends Beast, Rogue, and Wolverine to track. And then you get a little bit of a moment between Xavier and Moira where she basically says to Charles that this is the first mutant that got her started in research. Mm. And she feels like she failed him and all the people that he's going to hurt or has hurt. And there's like the really awkward hug. Yeah. I don't know how buddy I'd be with someone who left, who canceled our engagement to kind of quickly get married while I was in service of our country. But he has already used her in the past with Jean and stuff like that. So at least it's not the first time he's seeing her. And also, I agree with Moira in that she feels like a failure because Kevin is still not for... Locked down? Yeah, like in a stable place. No, he is not. But then rewind to when she sent Morph away. She's like, you're good. And Dream. And all the people, she's like, you're good. We did all we could here. Actually, she's 0 for 3. Yeah, so... Like, she still has this overpowered character that she still has not hashed out remotely. Like, her best case scenario is that she, her torturing him is like stabilizing things, but not really at all. Yeah. And she's, and she's telling Morph and, and Gene, you're good, you can go home. And then <laughs> one has PTSD and the other one destroys a planet. Yeah. And almost destroys their universe. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Moria, you are a failure so far, yep. but you can work past it. And then there's the awkward conversation. Oh, yeah. So how's Joe doing? Yeah. Which, okay. I don't know if that's exactly the right time to ask that because she's with Banshee. Yeah. And But she mentioned that he's a politician. And he's, he seems to be doing pretty good without her. Yeah. I would agree. <laughs> he has another family. Yeah. We'll find out. So we find out that Joe is a politician. Mm-hmm. He's running under the family values stuff. I put MAGA, but Scotland. There's literally no way to watch this without the lens of today right now. Because he says something to the effect of make Scotland great again. It's family values are what make it great. Great, He doesn't use again, but it's essentially like the make it great. (laughs) And he's running for secretary of state, which, as you guys know, we do an amazing job of researching stuff here. I didn't look to see if that's actually a position within Scotland. Yeah, I don't know what that means, no. even in the hierarchy of things. Secretary of State in the U.S. hierarchy is a powerful position, but I don't know, does Scotland have a prime minister? It's also kind of messed up now because the whole, like, EU and European... Brexit. And every, and, everything yeah. is... I, I don't know how that works. I, I know some friends that live in Europe said so they have, like, weird property lines now and stuff. It's like, cool. <laughs> yeah, some people are in, like, literally two countries at once type stuff. Yeah, so I know this one couple I met, I think, that stayed in Airbnb. My landlord used to Airbnb, the duplex next to me. Talked to them, and they were like, yeah, we have a summer home that we can't travel to anymore because we don't have the, I don't know if the visa is the right word, but they don't have whatever credentials you need to cross country lines. He's like, that would be a visa. Yeah. Yep. It's either visa or passport type situation. Yeah. One of the two is like, that sucks. Like, and while, because the Brexit thing took so long, they can't go back to resolve things in the middle of the, I don't mm. know how that works, but there was some time period where we were like, it, it was all in flux. I would love to have <laughs> a lawyer appear on the show or a scientist appear on the show to just be like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah. And just call us out on our bullshit. Yeah. We see Proteus in the downtown area on Muir so, Island, possesses a guy who I refer to as a captain. Yeah, I was like some sort of like sailor or something. Yeah. And he walks into a bar and the dude who he possessed was, I don't know if he was necessarily a captain, but he definitely had a little bit of experience on him. There were like literally like stereotypical sailors who were in the bar. And then the cameo that there is no fucking way in history Rod was going to get in that bar. I just saw the mutant X-Men universe version of the cantina from Star Wars. So I knew there were people. I couldn't tell you who they were. So I looked it up because that's what we do. And they are a team called TechNet. I don't know who that is. Oh, I, my, I probably had this card, too. So I'm okay. showing Rod the picture from the Uncanny X-Men trading cards, the complete series book, which shows all the Jim Lee art. I had the full set, so mm-hmm. I know I had this card. I have never read TechNet ever. Apparently, they're a group of like bounty hunters. They popped up in the Excalibur book, but okay. I've never heard of them before. But it makes sense, given the proximity to Excalibur, that's true. that if there was a spot where you were going to cameo these characters, this is where it would be. So that's, that was probably the doing of that what console that you talked about that the Lee Waltz had from Marvel. People internally who were their experts yeah. on the comics. Yeah. It was like, okay, you're going to be in Scotland. Here's a group of people you need to draw into this. Yep. Also, side note, that book that John just showed me, he showed me like a few months ago. And I was like, my brother would love that. I got it for his birthday. My brother was like, this is the most awesome thing as an adult. Because he was like, I don't have to worry about the cards. Yes. And the book is just on my desk. and I can look at it all the time. Yep. It's awesome. <laughs> it's a great book. You should ch- check it out. I wish we had affiliate links set right. up for us. I wish I could too. Amazon, if you're listening, this is the same Rod that's talked to you in person at VidCon several times about fixing the glitch on my account, and no one's gotten back with me. <laughs> I have shirts that I have uploaded images for that I don't know how I'm getting paid for them if people buy them. 
Nice. Yeah. Hi, Amazon. (laughs) Yeah, mine has like a quote, like a what, for lack of a better word, influencer account thing that it said it it keeps reminding me like, please finish setting up your account. And then when I go to set it up, they're like, you can't set up, or it mixes it up. Either you can't set this up, or you've already set it up. And it's been that way for three years. I've given them like two years because of things that happened in the world. (laughs) But this last year. I was in person with your influencer person, and they were like, we will fix that. And that was in June. So no shade, but a little nudge. Rod Rod is angry. (laughs) Jumping back, Moira interacting with Xavier. She mentions that he's been isolated his entire life. He's essentially an immature 17-year-old. Xavier tries to reach out to him psychically. He gets what he describes as unusual psychic static, which he's not used to. Was that from Kevin then? Yes. I gathered that as because of his reality warping powers, yeah. it essentially causes like interference. Yeah. 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 And also, like we mentioned earlier, Moira doesn't have very much experience in the outside world either because she doesn't understand that grounding a teenager, that superpower does not work. work. Grounding a normal teenager won't work. So Kevin realizes that Xavier is trying to probe his mind. He basically pushes him out. And when he does that, he then goes into a rage and just fucks up the whole building. Once again, the argument of, it was a beast, I think, that said in one of the Mojo Vision episodes, oh, no, Dark Phoenix episodes, of, are we doing as much good as we think we are? Oh, yeah. Because it's not great that Kevin's out, but he was just a teenager wanting to have a drink. He wasn't even having a drink. Yeah. He was just sitting yeah. there. He was at a bar. Like He, he probably would have eventually, like, he just thought it was cool being in a social situation. Yeah, he wanted to um, be around people. And then Xavier just dropped some gasoline and lit a match in the middle yeah. of all that. <laughs> yep. As like the chaos ensues, Kevin jumps into the body of another sailor and ends up hopping onto a boat and leaves for the mainland. And then when he uh, arrives on the mainland, he like absorbs into a wall. Yeah, he jumps into a brick wall essentially. Yeah. Just in time to see, uh, I said a boy might be a teenager. I can't tell from the animation. Yeah. So let's go with a, let's go with an older kid. Yeah. Being chased by some bullies down the road. It looks like Who, he's going to get shippy out of them. They, they reminded me of like your stereotypical British punks. Like very much the like CBGB style punk. Yeah. Yeah. Like your favorite characters in the, was it Mandel? No, it was Boba Fett? Was that the one? That no, those were rockabillies. Okay. Okay. I'm getting mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're confusing your gang types, okay. sir. I'm sorry. My British gang types. Yeah. So he actually sees that these punk kids are going to attack this other kid and turns them into scarecrows that was awesome yeah they're like he doesn't fully turn them into scarecrows he just like puts the clothing of the scarecrow on top of them because they they could rip out they ripped it out and they ran off and then he actually goes into that kid yeah and from around the corner this older guy we find out it's his father kevin is trying to figure out why were these people trying to hurt him he's awkwardly getting hugged by this guy's dad while he's in the son's body You know, he's like, why is he holding him? Why does he want to protect him? Oh, this must be love. Jeez, it's so sad. Yeah. And at that point, he like pops out of this kid's body and the father is like yelling at him, calling him a monster. He doesn't understand why he's considered a monster because the I don't care like what your perspectives are around like homeschooling and stuff like that. But limiting social interaction will eventually have effects on people if they're in a social circle of three. So he's, oh, why am I a monster? That means he literally doesn't understand the concept of a monster. Yeah, and also that no one, including his mother, has hugged him. He asked what this is when he got a hug. Or if he got a hug, it wasn't affectionate. I could see that from Moira, though. Yeah, no, I could see it. It's just fucking sad. And (laughs) maybe, maybe my perspective on Moira is skewed because 
the current version of Moira in the comics is kind of a vindictive shit. Like, I won't go as far as saying she's a piece of shit, but she's definitely a vindictive shit. Yeah, and in the X-Men movies, she's confusing as shit. I don't even remember her in the movie. There's two of them in separate timelines that have completely different jobs. They're in the same timeline, but there's two separate people. Like, one's an agent, and one's just some woman and stuff and they're played by different actors they have different roles and stuff it, it's wild awkward it's like, you just literally pick anybody else's name yeah they just threw a name in there and someone forgot that 10 years ago they used that same name in a script i was like ah jesus more hooligans arrive and they're ready to fight and they think they can fight proteus but he turns <laughs> into like a giant sandstorm essentially yeah i think is this the yeah that's why i said like he he kaijus and then <laughs> tsunamis the town yeah <laughs> The, the X-Men here, the Mayday. Yep. I know here that he's, even though he called himself a monster, he's less of a monster and more of like a scared toddler. Yeah, like Everything is just terrifying, dude. He's like a three-year-old in a tantrum. Yeah. Because he understands basic shit, but it's like, he doesn't understand why. Like, imagine in The Incredibles, imagine like a scared Jack-Jack. Haven't watched that yet either. The original Incredibles? Or the sequel. Oh, okay. I spoiled a, how old is that movie? 10-year-old, 15-year-old movie now? More than that, I feel okay. like that <laughs> i know so, i know who jack jack is but yeah, yeah but yeah i mean i spoiled the power thing but anyway just imagine if you're a parent imagine a toddler like you said like three four five six years old throwing a tantrum but has the ability to bend reality based on their emotions and doesn't have control of it necessarily that's what they're dealing with <laughs> and the hormones of a teenager so it's an influencer <laughs> no comment <laughs> <laughs> So they see the buildings are all messed up. Essentially, Xavier calls for pickup. They go, they grab Xavier and Moira and bring them over. And she's playing very coy about it. Like, she still won't talk about his dad and stuff like that. Because she doesn't want to, like, put the pieces together for Xavier. She's obviously, like, holding back for a reason. And then they're like, so what do we do? And her response is, I don't have a plan. (laughs) It's like, why is that a thing? Um, Thanks for dragging us out here. Yeah. Xavier tries reaching out. There's a psychological fight back. And then the buildings return, which they interpret that as he must have left. Mm Because the only thing they really know about his reality warping stuff at this point is its proximity base. So if it's going away, they interpret that as, oh, it must be safe. And as that's happening, people in the town are like, returning to normal and being okay and such yeah maybe not psychologically but yeah (laughs) physically okay they're like what the fuck just happened yeah that and we see that proteus is like stealthily possessing another person yeah he grabs the trucker and then he's as he's getting ready to leave because he said oh it's a lorry i can drive anywhere now yeah yeah which yep okay cool you use the word and he recognizes xavier not specifically but as a person of importance right like he he's seen him multiple times now so he feels like he needs to interact with him because of his lack of social cues he needs to go over and touch him as he does that rogue intercepts and that's where they accidentally like cross streams essentially i think i've been watching the show most of my life now and i wince whenever rogue accidentally touches someone yeah Especially someone like this. Because you know she's going to scream and scare your cat. Oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Because the kid can barely control his powers. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so she accidentally absorbs his powers. As that happens, it creates a distraction for him to get out of there. It wears off pretty quickly. He's saying that he has to go find his father. He's saying it to himself. Mm -hmm. Rogue is saying that there's 
somebody he's searching for who's really important and a man. And again, Moira just essentially keeps playing clueless on this. Wolverine says, yeah, I have no problem tracking down a testosterone driven kid. And then immediately it starts raining. I don't know why that word phrase sounds so weird. Because in a kid's show. It is. Testosterone being said in a kid's show is weird. Because it, and also that means he smells testosterone. Yeah, I don't know if this is just my head feeling in the wrong things, but like it implies that Wolverine at least thinks that he's trying to get some. Like, no, testosterone doesn't I know always it's not mean only horny. That, but he's talking about a teenager at any other time a kid who's breaking their grounding. So we made it into the <laughs> tail end of our third episode of recording tonight before we get to the point of John and Rod watch the show in very different ways. But it's starting to rain. They realized the path that he was going was headed towards Edinburgh. I love Edinburgh, by the way. Because of the festival. Oh, is, it the, is that the EDM thing? That they... No, there's the big like comedy festival and stuff like oh, that. Right. It's two weeks. Think of it like Austin City Limits. Okay. But it's like comedy, music, and lots of that like tracks. entertainment and stuff like Edinburgh that. Edinburgh is kind of like the Pigeon Forge of. What the fuck does that phrase Pigeon mean? Forge? Oh, Pigeon Forge is in Tennessee. It's like a tourist trap. Oh. You know? um, at least I'll. I know there's going to be some Scottish people that will call me out on this. The Royal Mile is a, a tourist trap because it's the a mile that leads up. It's like a brick road or whatever that leads up to the main castle. And I don't know if this is specifically where she thought of Harry Potter in, but there's a lot of similarities between the Edinburgh Castle and like the Harry Potter lore and stuff to the point where J.K. Rowling read the book to some kids who won a contest at the castle, which on paper sounds cool, but those books are thick and children sitting to listen to someone read. That sounds horrible. And they also have to be in a room with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, But this was funny. I made a note. I was like, so he was like really either trying to didn't know where he was going or was just looking for the tourist stuff because if he was a teenager looking to go club and he'd been going to glasgow i use scotland's kind of my like i need to go to my happy place kind of thing so when i have like a bad breakup or whatever i just escape there and edinburgh was like we'll put it this way when i said the tourist trap thing the first time i ever visited i walked up the royal mile and everybody's trying to sell you shit this like guy walks out of a store and he's like come inside kid and find your family tartan and i was like i will pay you whatever your fee is if you can find the kim Family tartan from Scotland. You know where the tartan is? Yes. Okay, cool. Yep. So anybody's listening that doesn't, it's like the the pattern that's on like the kilts and stuff. Kind of looks like plaidish or whatever and stuff. Yeah. I was like, if you can find the Kim family lineage in Scotland, like I will pay to know that I'm part of Scotland. Did he find it? <laughs> no. <laughs> in my head, I was like, if he finds it, I'm going to be like, okay. And, yeah. Is he scam? He literally just has one under the desk at all times. <laughs> that is like the whatever. Oh, we got the special one for you. Yeah. And he's definitely sold that to certain tourists. Probably. Yeah. So as they're on their way to Edinburgh, Wolverine is basically ready to like take him out and give him some tough love. Mm -hmm. And Moira just still is cool. I have to call the lab. <laughs> and I guess they have a built-in phone on there. So instead of calling the lab, she calls Joe and says, by the way, you're in danger. And he's like, can't it wait? Which I don't think he understands how danger works. I think as a kid, I probably thought that was like a stretch. Yeah. When I was an adult. I'm like, oh, he's a politician. Yeah. It actually <laughs> makes more sense now that I'm an adult because it's like, oh, yeah. He would be like, make it go away. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, can we just pay him off or something? <laughs> Did but, you just hear the last cutscene, Joe? He's a testosterone driven kid with superpowers. But yeah, Moira still won't tell Xavier what's going on. That's good. Miscommunications never. <laughs> that's not even that miscommunication. Thing. That's like yeah. purposefully leaving shit out. So they get closer to Edinburgh and they find a spot to essentially cut him off. 
he's using his powers. He's riding a wave made out of like the hillside, yeah. which is a pretty dope visual. Yeah, I love, like that hill yeah. surfing. And then Rogue just like punches through it because that's Rogue's solution to stuff. Yeah. It worked though. It did work. It cut for a quarter second at work because he stops for a second. He's very confused. He's like, why are you keeping me away from people? And, and his father. Yeah, and just people in general. And Moyer's response is, people are going to fear you and try to hurt you. I feel like, and I, I've said this in a previous episode, there are certain things that at the time I understood the message feeling right. Now it, <laughs> it feels like it's the wrong message to send. Yeah. And I think that's a part of what we're getting out of it is this is why Proteus lashes out is mm -hmm. because he was kept from people. She made a decision for him that she obviously did for the right reasons, but it had the adverse effect as opposed to actually yeah. helping him. Go back to my like first three notes of this is boomer energy. Yeah. Also, I made a note here. This is very similar to the Dark Phoenix's experiences with emotions and stuff. Like right, experiencing, experiencing everything things. for that first time. He responds by essentially like wrapping her up within his powers. Everybody is ready to fight. And that's where we get the reveal that it is actually Moira's son. Oh, yeah. Xavier is like, where is his father? And the Proteus is like, ask her. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And Xavier, he goes a little melodramatic here where he's like, oh, why didn't you ever trust me? That means you obviously didn't understand my feelings and you never have. And it's like, dude, this isn't about you right yeah. now. Just chill. Proteus slightly. is being courteous, though. He's doing the video game villain thing where he's waiting for the conversation to end. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like somebody's hitting the A button rapidly yeah. right now to get through the conversation. And then Xavier's like, you know, it must be a horrible burden for you to approach alone. It's okay, got it. Chuck, thanks. Yeah. A psychic that's been in this castle several times and never noticed the other person. Yeah, whatever. They were in the basement, Rod. Go with lasers. Yeah. Yeah, nobody notices the lasers. <laughs> so Proteus starts to run. Rogue tries to intercept. And then he makes mini rogues. That's terrifying. That is awesome. She was just as freaked out as I would have been. I was like, oh my God. She's super brave and super tough. But when she's freaked out, she's freaked yeah. out. <laughs> Which we see in this episode and then the next episode. Beast tries to go at it and he turns a rock into a giant ape man yeah. kind of thing. And then Moira starts sinking into quicksand. And then he just turns Professor X's chair to jelly. So it was jelly. I, I was like, is that blood? Like, what is going on? No, nah, it was too pink to be blood. Yeah, I also thought, like, kids show, like, they don't allow guns. So. <laughs> yeah, turning it into, like, blood would be uh, anime reference. Also reminded me of the LCL from Evangelion. Oh, I'm not. So in, in Evangelion, there's, like, this thing when end of the series, people pop. Oh, no. And it's not blood. It's crystal clear it's not blood, but yeah. it's, like, this, like, essence and it's like just a little bit of an orange, but it's like an orange goo. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's. Yeah. yeah. So it's gross. And then Wolverine gets oh, the man. worst of it. Yeah. He gets his claws turn into like snakes and then he gets Salvador dollied. Yeah. That's actually a, a very apt description. It's a screaming Salvador dolly, though. It's not just like shit's weird. It's, oh, he's feeling himself being torn apart from the inside out. And it didn't, the way his reaction was when it was over, didn't necessarily seem like pain in the traditional sense where like your muscles are being ripped apart. It just felt like so disturbing. You know, when you, have you ever like dislocated a bone or something and it's, it doesn't hurt, but it feels so off. That's the bad part. Luckily like, I have not. Okay. Like something, most of the time it hurts, but yeah. sometimes like when you don't notice, you're like, oh, that's not supposed to be there. Yeah. It just feels uncomfortable. This, that specific moment, was so jolting to me as a child. I vividly remember that, like, for years. I was like, 
what happened to him? I think it was because he cried at the end. And I have never seen Wolverine cry. And that's the big <laughs> takeaway here is as Proteus knows that he won because Rogue is fighting tiny rogues. <laughs> Beast Beast got jacked up by the ape. Wolverine is just a puddle, literally a puddle. Yeah. And then as he starts to to leave, Wolverine begins to reform. And when he reforms, he instantly is head in his hands crying. It's heavy. It's yeah. almost like a parody of solving. Yeah. And then it ends on the I'm off to find my dad. And it's like not a happy like cliffhanger. There are cliffhangers where people are about to be shot in this show that are less disturbing than yeah. this episode. Liquefying Wolverine. Yeah. So only other thing that really hits for this episode before we we wrap this one up and move to the next one they acknowledge that they don't follow their own rules about the x gene in this episode okay because if i didn't make it crystal clear the reason why the divorce happened is because kevin is mute she says something about i'm afraid that he'll find out that that's why you left left. yeah Yeah. in the comics that was not the case okay she like i said she was pregnant and got out of the relationship because it was an abusive relationship so he didn't even know he had the kid but for this one it also acts as the motivation for why she begins her mutant research they've known each other for 20 years Roughly two years later is when she's pregnant, has the kid, etc. to line up for him being 17 at this time. But yeah, in the comics, that is not the case, that she was already involved in mutant research before finding out that her son was actually immune. In the show, they actually are calling him Proteus as like a code name. In the comics, he's not called Proteus until the fight breaks out in the city. He's fighting with Wolverine and Nightcrawler, and he actually names himself after the mythological figure Proteus. Uh And the room he was kept in, because he was just referred to as Mutant X and Kevin, was named after Proteus. So he took that name on himself. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But I was doing a little bit of digging, and the X gene itself didn't really even get acknowledged until the early 90s. You heard mutation and stuff like that. But there was something special about what made Rain from the New Mutants a mutant. And then in the series X Factor is when they actually call out X Gene for the first time. So that's why the whole like, oh, experiencing his mutation earlier and the rules about puberty, like those were still like sort of not as crystal clear established as what we would end up getting. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. I, I I had no idea. I'm now obviously we're four seasons in. As a kid, I didn't realize like how much was being established in real time yeah some of the stuff was just getting cleaned up in real time and you know it was jim lee's era chris claremont's era etc there were lots of amazing characters and stuff that were created coming out of john byrne and everything like that but the tightness of the rules was very much a thing that started popping up in the 90s -hmm. not just in the x-men but across the board yeah yeah continuity yeah before we wrap this one up and move to the final session (laughs) of the night (laughs) any any other thoughts on this one no, I like this more than I remembered, and I remembered this one more than I remembered, if that makes sense. And somehow I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so yes. it's, is it, I don't know if I watch this more or what, but I remember the storyline pretty clearly from before, besides like vaguely confusing Proteus with Legion for a second. but It's fine. The <laughs> only reason I don't give you shit for it 
is because they do also have very similar power sets. Yeah, yeah. Because it is about reality warping. Obviously, Legion is more of a traumatic scenario just because he's dealing with multiple personalities that have the different powers and, and such within him literally why he's called legion proteus just has his own trauma that he's dealing with all right thank you all for joining us if you have any thoughts make sure to drop them into the comments for either the youtube upload or the official instagram post about this episode if you like what we heard please give us a good rating on the podcast app of your choosing apple Podcasts, anchor spotify google Podcasts, caxbox and hopefully twitter has burned to the <laughs> fucking ground by now salute you elon you, you killed it in under a month i'm sure did you know you could download your periscope info I don't want that. (laughs) 